Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. How's it going? My name is David, and I'm part of the teaching team here at Vital Point Church, and I'm also the community and connections pastor here at Vital Point. And I just want to say, if, if you're a first-time guest today, if it's your first time checking in with Vital Point, I just want to let you know that you are just so welcomed here, and I pray and hope today that you would have a sense of safety this morning, that no matter where you've been in life, no matter what's going on in your life, that These things would make you feel safe, that you could feel safe to ask questions, to lean into moments that maybe you're not used to, and I really pray that over your space this morning, and I really hope today that you would feel that as we move into our conversation. And I want to start our conversation off with an observation that really has turned into a reflection of what's going on kind of in my life right now. And I really hope that you will identify it and maybe some people will be experiencing it and also understanding what's going on with this conversation that we're going to have. And right now we're in a series and a thread of conversations called Holy Habits. And we believe this series of conversations is so timely for all of us, everyone here on earth. This could speak massive amounts of influence into your life. And as we oversee and look at these conversations, we really hope and believe that we will be deeply formed into the image of Jesus. That's, that's who we are all about. Like if, as Christ followers, if you're checking in for the first time today, our goal today and every day for a Christ follower is to be deeply formed into the image of Jesus. We want to reflect him. We, when anyone comes in contact with us or interacts with us, we want to reflect him. We want to live like he lived. And I notice through my reflection when keeping this thought of being formed deeply into the likeness and image of Jesus, I notice something that there's a pretty big roadblock that is in front of many of us that definitely trips us up, that definitely holds us back from being deeply formed into the likeness of Jesus. And the roadblock is actually, it's got a name, and the name is approval addiction. Approval addiction. Now, you might be thinking, like, save the confession for a therapist, but no, 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 no. Today, I really believe that many of us, all of us, who are tuning in right now, listening to my voice, need to be hearing this conversation. See, when I say approval addiction, some of you might have a sense of what I mean. Some of you might be like, ah, no, 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 I'm checking out another church today because this one might hit my heart a little too much. And maybe some of us are sitting in our homes right now or whatever we're doing, listening to this message, watching it. You're like, no, 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 turn it up, turn it up. I need this today. We're all in different areas of our, of our faith walk and faith journey, but today is something that we need to be paying attention to because approval addiction right now in the time we're living in is literally playing a huge part of why so many Christians and non-Christians are feeling a disconnection or maybe not a connection or growth in our spiritual life. Approval addiction. See, approval addiction is where many of us are living, and the definition for approval addiction could be we live in the bondage of what others think of us as human beings. And after studying this and researching on this, I believe addiction, this addiction to approval, 
might be the thing that is holding so many people back from having a fruitful relationship with Jesus, but also being formed into Jesus. Approval addiction. Some signs that you might have this addiction, and trust me, I had to do some examination on my heart, and I checked off a few of these. Some signs that you might have this addiction is that you get hurt by what others think or say about you. Compare yourself with others and then get competitive with them. Live with a nagging sense you're not good enough, popular enough, not have enough followers, you're not wanted enough, seen enough. Four, you're always trying to impress the people around you with what you've done. You don't give a rip of what they've got going on in their life. It's all about you. It's that approval of, look what I am doing. If you've got a couple of these that made you flinch a little when I mentioned them, I'd say, welcome. Because <laughs> I live with this addiction as well. And I pray and hope today that our conversation, everyone listening, everyone checking in, podcast, online, YouTube, that we would find freedom in this moment. That we would find freedom in this conversation of our lives, of approval addiction. Because here's the thing, my hope and my prayer, my true hope and prayer for my heart today and for all of us tuning in, is that we would find freedom in Jesus. Not of this world, not what it has to offer for us, but the relationship that Jesus has for us. So how do you escape the bondage of what people think of us? Or how do we see, uh, not see that praise and approval from others to be the thing that we want the most? And let's get serious here for a second because approval addiction is going to be around. It's going to happen. But there's also going to be something that's never going to leave us. People are always going to speak their opinion. They're always going to have an, an idea of where you live, where you don't live, how much money you make, how much money you don't make, what car you drive, whatever it is. There's always going to be rumblings of what's going on in your life. But I believe we can find freedom in this where the critics won't be the place where we find our identity or we won't be seeking this place of affirmation from others so much where it's, it's riddling us with this like I'm constantly thinking about what other people think about me. We can find freedom in this. In the world that we live in right now, it cannot fix the approval addiction that we have. Because this world only offers fixes that last for so long. Addiction is going to lengths to find that fix, to fill that hole, to fill that void. But what happens is when we seek that approval addiction, it never gets filled. It always is wanting more. So we go to extreme lengths to find more, to get that fix. But we're always being left thirsty or dry or hurt or, or feeling this sense of like, oh man, I'm not loved enough. I'm not seen enough. And there's this deep, deep passion to be noticed and to be praised, to find approval from people. So the big question is, how do we separate ourselves from the bondage of approval addiction? And the way we're going to do this and break free from this is through the holy habit of secrecy. If you get nothing from my message today, I hope you take this down. Write it down in your phone, laptop, whatever you got to do right now. Write this down. This is the base, base of my message. The discipline and holy habit of secrecy gives us the freedom to live freely in the presence of God. It gives us the freedom to live freely in the presence of God. I love that. How beautiful would it be to live freely in the presence of God? Jesus speaks on this holy habit, this spiritual formation, discipline, and habit. And he talks about this in Matthew chapter 6. 
And he takes this moment on the Sermon on the Mount in the, in the book of Matthew where he's teaching to a bunch of people, loads and loads of people, and he knows the nature of who they are. He knows the heart of man. He knows what people desire in this world. And he takes this moment to speak into secrecy. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father, when he says your father, he's talking about when God, God the father, the creator of this universe, who sees everything, will reward you. Jesus speaks into this moment and now you might be thinking like, okay, how does this practice really help break the chains and bondage of approval addiction. And trust me, it really does. Actually, people and writers and authors would say that um, the secrecy habit, the practice of secrecy, is actually the gift from Jesus to approval addicts. I love that. He gives us this gift of how to break the chains and bondage. And when Jesus was teaching this, he knew the nature of the human heart. He knew that people listening to this were giving to others, but their motives when they gave were to receive publicity, to receive praise, to receive approval from people around them. They, 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 they looked for the approval. It was like the, the first thing on their mind. It was like, how do I give? How do I serve? How do I do something? But then how do I get the praise from it? I kind of get this image, and stay with me here, that it's kind of like they had a t-shirt. You know when your favorite band goes on a world tour, if they're ever allowed to do that again, and it's got the title of the, of the tour on the chest, and, and then on the back it's got all the tour dates of where they were? Many of us, and this is what happening with these people, they would have had the t-shirt that said, look what I've done, look where I've been, look what I've done, and it's all checked off so people can notice what was going on in their life. They had this idea of sense of like, were we living up to the law? Were we keeping Old Testament laws and rules and all of these things? They were living a life that felt good and looked good on the outside. It wasn't really transforming them on the inside. It was transforming them on the outside for what other people think of them. And by living this way, Jesus steps into this moment and teaches them, um, boys and girls, you've got it a little off. Your motives are wrong. The way you're living is going to only last for so long, leave you hurt, maybe short, and maybe even damaged. You may have a life that's a mile wide of accomplishments and praise and approval from others. But when it comes to your spiritual formation of being deeply formed into his son who is Jesus, it might be only an inch thick. And you can't build spiritual formation or holy habits on a life that is seeking What can I take from this world? What can I take? What can I receive from this world? See, Jesus' point here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, is that true spiritual maturity means that we don't feel the need to congratulate ourselves because we've got something right or we've done something for someone. Or that we deserve approval and praise from others. But we come to a realization that it really is better to give than to receive. Jesus was giving a new way of life for people who had a problem for seeking self. An incredible example of this is actually the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a guy that was living a life that was not very great, let me tell you that. 
He was not living a life that was for the kingdom of God. He was actually living the opposite. He was tracking down Christians, killing them, persecuting them, making sure that the good news of Jesus was not being spread. And he was getting praise for it and he was seeking praise for it. Look what I have done. I'm stopping this movement that is not good. And what happens is he's on his way to somewhere. And what happens is Jesus actually meets him in this moment and says, dude, give your head a shake. Give your head a shake. What you're doing is wrong. It's not right. It's not the plan that I have for you in your life. And in this moment where Paul meets Jesus, he has this heart transformational moment from the inside that he could not stop himself for living for God and for Jesus. And then through this moment and encounter, he begins to live this this life that is for the kingdom to bring heaven here on earth for others to experience the glory and the truth of who Jesus is. And I love how Paul takes this moment. He doesn't just have this moment with Jesus and just live for himself. He has this moment and flips the switch in his mind where he starts living for the kingdom and he starts writing letters to churches that he started. And there's this beautiful letter to the church in Galatians and He writes this to them, and I love how he says this. It is like straight to the face, straight to them in in Galatians 1, chapter 10. He says, obviously. It's like, smack you up, like, obviously. I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Think of that. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Paul's straight up here with having living this life and having a heart that was transformed by Jesus. He knew that he was not seeking the approval of people anymore. It wouldn't last. He lived that life. It was tiring. It was exhausting. It was maybe daunting. It was never living up a life of always trying to fix something. Because here's what happens. When Paul had this heart transformational moment, he understood something. Because he was seeking people's praise, he understood it wouldn't last long because people stink. (laughs) Sorry to tell you that. People stink. They lie. They backstab. They get behind your back. They start rumors. Because if you haven't noticed, people hurt people. Now, don't get me wrong. There's amazing people out there. There's amazing people out there. You're probably one of them. I wish I was one of them. (laughs) Paul was a guy who hurt people. Paul understood and knew the motives of man. And when you live for self, it never turns out to be good. So what did he do? He started finding approval from God, the one who created the earth, the one that who has all power and all authority. And see, here's what happens with the roadblock of approval addiction. When it begins to set into our hearts, set into our minds, and trip us up, our addiction is literally programming us to have this little voice in our head go off, and they're almost always pointing, what do others think about me? What do others think about us? What have I done? What do they like? And I hope I'm not just teaching to myself here. I don't know if you've ever noticed in your life where you ever post something or a part of a project or maybe you get a chance to speak in front of people. There's this little thing that goes in your mind and you post something, say something, and you automatically think like, I hope they like it. I hope they like me. I hope I, hope I was good enough for them. 
And then these little mind trips go off and you're like, man, man, like I wish I was so much better. I wish they would like it better. Or, or these things happen and the approval addiction starts to play with our mind and the way we think and the way we feel about what others have in us. And, and the thing is, and then it starts corrupting us and it's literally seeping into our minds, but it's also hitting us into our heart where then we feel like we're not good enough. And we're always trying to live up to other people's standards. After I reflected this on myself, I found an incredible quote from a guy named Henry Nguyen who speaks on approval addiction and and the power it has on someone. And he asks this question when someone is speaking about approval addiction or trying to be released from the bondage of it. He asks, to whom do I belong? To God or to the world? Many of my daily preoccupations suggest that I belong more to the world than to God. To whom do I belong? This question from Henry made me think, man, we may be people of faith, Christ followers, apprentices to Jesus, people exploring and growing in faith, but the way I'm living, we allow the world to form our motives way too much. We find so much of our identity from praise and thoughts and approval from too many people. And I tell you this today because I believe we need to have more people talking about this, realizing what's going on inside of them. Understand that there might be an addiction to what people think about us, where it's captivating our thoughts, captivating our heart, and we need to speak it out. It may be scary to speak it out loud, but it's necessary to be deeply formed into Jesus. Because if we're seeking self, how do we seek Jesus? See, calling this out and speaking about it allows people and a group of people that care for you, love for you, and want to see the best for you, surround you and pray with you and pray for you. I've been thinking about connect groups a little bit around this. Connect groups are designed to do faith and life with one another, where these groups can pray with one another for bondage and chains to be broken, to see breakthroughs happen. Because here's the thing, through the connect groups, you experience life, true life that is with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through people around you, being formed by one another, to be formed with one another into the likeness of Jesus. And here's the thing. God the Father and His Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit long for you to seek them way more than this world. Yes, this world's got amazing things. Yes, this world's got amazing sports and adrenaline and travel, if we're ever allowed to do that again, and food. It's got amazing things, but don't let it ever give you the satisfaction or think it's going to give you the satisfaction and approval like a relationship that God the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have for you and want for you. Let the world be good at the sports and the adrenaline and the food and the coffee. Let it be good at those things, but don't let it be the source of your approval. Don't be copying those behaviors. Don't be copying those ways of life because it doesn't lead to the life deeply formed into Jesus. What I love about Paul is to go back to him. He didn't stop with just writing a letter to the Galatians, he, he kept on writing more letters. And he talks about how so easily culture in, in Romans 
He talks about how easy it is to live with culture, to be shaped by culture. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's read that first line again and speak into that moment. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. See, Paul is saying this because the Roman church that he's writing to is called to be a new faith community that influences culture here and now, being the ones that would be leaders, that would be community builders, that would be people that, of faith that are rising up, showing love and grace and mercy, which Jesus calls them to. And what was happening, though, to the Roman churches, they were actually being so influenced by culture around them that they started copying the behaviors and living not for God in the kingdom, and they started seeking for self and culture around them was influencing them way too much. They weren't living on mission anymore. They were seeking self. What could I get? What can I take? Now think about the moment that we're living in right now. People are copying the customs and behaviors of this world in 2021. And I know that puts a timestamp on this message, but we are copying the behaviors and customs of this world way too much. This world says capture everything, post everything, TikTok, TikTok dance everything, brag about everyone, uh, everything you've done, one-up everyone, share everything. The world is creating a bunch of copycats that are competing for attention and approval. Sorry to hear that. Sorry to tell you that you have to hear that. But it's so true. A bunch of copycats that are competing for attention and approval. And to be honest, if we've got too many Christians following that are falling into the world's behaviors and customs of what's going on. I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of this too. And it breaks my heart that Christians, people of faith, exploring and growing, the beginning or down the path for many years, that we are so influenced by what the culture is telling us to do. Be on display. And that leads to a road of destruction. Because people hurt people. It leads people to the dangers of comparison Deception and resentment. It hits your heart. It starts to take room in your heart. Comparison, where we begin to compare and measure the accomplishments to what others have done. We start living up and trying to compare to what they've done. Deception seeps into your heart. When we obsess with others and how they think about us, we start to exaggerate and to throw shade onto the truth to make it look better than what it is. And then there's resentment. Resentment is a weird one because we seek approval from, a pe- from people, but we start to resent the people that we see value in. We either want to get ahead of them or then when they don't give us approval, we start to resent them and hate them and maybe figure out ways to get above them or behind them and, and, and live a better life than them. And then the resentment, deception, and comparison is something that is so damaging to a human being's heart. And the way we think starts to get corrupt as well. But Paul keeps on going to say it to the Roman church. He says, don't copy the behaviors of this world. Don't don't, don't, don't do it. It leads to destruction. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, he says. Let God transform you into a new person. 
We live in a time where there's literally no secrecy. There's no secrecy. We've been transformed by this world to be people on display, and this display is created and continues to create more and more addiction to approval. When hearing Paul say, God can transform us into a new person, it really does come from the way we do think. There is an action step to understanding the way we think. And God can transform us into a new person by the way we think and use our mind. We love to think and know how people see us. This is how we get to the approval addiction, by the way we think. So being transformed by God into a new person, we need to think differently. We have to be open to what God wants for us, not for this world. This world doesn't have a plan for you. God has a plan for you and he wants us to be transformed in a new way by thinking and capturing our thoughts so that we may have a renewing of our mind. Being deeply formed into Jesus is a renewing of our mind. It has a heart transformational moment just like Paul experienced, just like many of us have actually experienced. But it's also renewing of our mind to think differently of how we see this world how we can impact this world, how we can live in this world. So to be transformed by God to be a new person is through the way we think. Don't always be thinking about what other people think. Think the way how God wants us to think, which is pleasing and perfect. And here's the realization for us today. This is a big realization for us today. Jesus spoke into this moment in Matthew chapter 6 to a group of people who love to be on display. They love to be on display. These people were searching for self, self, self. What can I get? What can I receive? And the realization for us today is we are still self-seeking approval addicts that need a renewing of our mind, to have a heart transformational moment where we hear and see what Jesus calls to is much more than this world offers. Here's the bottom line of The practice of secrecy. It frees us to live in the presence of God and on mission for people while protecting our our prideful motives. It protects us from prideful motives. It allows us to be on mission for people. To be in the presence of God. To take moments to live for others, not to seek the praise and approval. Dallas Willard, an incredible Bible teacher, author, he's literally incredible. If you ever get a chance to get a piece of his resources, I really encourage you to read almost everything. If you could read everything that he's written, that'd be amazing. And he writes this book called The Spirit of the Disciplines. And he says this about secrecy. Now listen to this, okay? One of the greatest falsies of the Christian faith, and actually one of the greatest acts of unbelief, is the thought that spiritual acts and virtues need to be advertised to be known. Secrecy, rightly practiced, enables one to place the public relations department entirely in the hands of God. We allow God to decide when deeds will be known and when light will be noticed. He keeps on going to say this. He says, our love and humility before God will develop to a point that we'll we'll see our friends, family, and associates in a different light developing the virtue of desiring their good above our own. And I want to go back to Paul. He piggybacks this real easily. And he writes to the church in Philippians. He says this, don't be selfish. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than ourselves. Don't look out only for our own interests, but take an interest in others too. And a renewing of the mind. Taking interest in others. See, this world is telling us, seek yourself. Get praise, hustle hard, like real hard. Get the pat on the back, the participation awards. Get publicity for showing off and others of what's going on in your life, of what you're doing. Now, don't get me wrong here, please. Please don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to make you feel ashamed or guilty. I'm speaking to a moment that is actually happening in our world right now where approval addiction is so corrupt and it's actually shaping so much of how we think, how we read, how we live, how we learn, how we breathe, how we work. There are so many things in our world that need to be brought to light. There's so many great things, so many initiatives and organizations that are absolutely killing the game and changing the world, and acts of service, and giving, and living for others and not for self. But what I want to do today is bring light today to the fact that our sinful nature is so subtle. Our prideful motives can be so subtle that it can defile even a good thing like sharing with the poor. If our motive is to praise and get praise, from man, like the Pharisees who Jesus was talking to, where they were calling attention to whatever they were doing. Any moment that we're giving, any moment that they were serving, they were saying, hey, 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 look at me. If we do that, the result is that we will not be deeply formed into the image of Jesus and live that life out. But if our motive is to serve God and love Him and please Him and be a servant to Him, not of others, Then we will give our gifts without calling attention to them. And the result to that, we will be deeply formed and rooted in a relationship with Jesus. And God will be glorified. God will be glorified and others will be helped and served. The practice and holy habit of secrecy is our chance to give God the true glory. That's actually one of the deep-rooted goals of the Christian faith is to reflect His true glory. And secrecy gives us a chance to get off our platform of display and to shine the light and the glory on the one who deserves it most, who is Jesus. And I encourage you this week as we wrap up here, I encourage you to go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, where Paul says, Obviously, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. What if we were a people on mission right now that had this renewing of the mind of how can I think about others? How can I serve others? But then also say, but I'm not going to look for publicity. I'm not going to look for praise. I'm not going to look for the approval of what I've done. Maybe I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to post the Instagram selfie. I'm just going to do this act of service and the holy habit of secrecy in a way that God will only see. Where people will be served, but God will reward me one day. I was chatting with a friend, Jason Ballard from out west, and he's a pastor. We were talking about generosity. And when it comes to generosity and the power it has, what I noticed from this conversation is three things. 
when our motives are for ourselves, we rob others. We rob others of experiencing the presence of God through us. God uses us to show His face to people. When we do it with prideful motives, we are robbing them of experience his presence. But then we also rob ourselves of blessings and rewards from God. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, the father who created everything, who sees everything, will reward you. And we're robbing ourselves of that when we're put on display. And the last one that I noticed is we rob God. We rob God of experiencing the true glory and the true praise and the true approval that this world deserves to show him. We rob that. So when it comes to secrecy, don't hold so tightly to finding the approval from others. Because when we do that, we become slaves to it and we become in bondage. And the discipline of secrecy gives us freedom to live freely in the presence of God. You may may be thinking like, so how do I do this? What does this look like for me? How do I start moving in this way? How do I take steps forward in practicing secrecy? So I may reflect Jesus and his glory. There's acts of secrecy all around us. Immerse someone in prayer this week and don't tell anyone about it. Keep it between you and God and see what God does with those prayers. See what he does with those prayers when you say, you know what, I'm going to pray for this person that's taught in my heart and on my mind. I'm not going to let them know, but I'm going to be a prayer warrior behind them. Be someone that gives to an organization and don't tell anyone about it. Maybe pay for someone's groceries that are behind you. Pay for their gas, whatever it is, whatever you've got to do. Someone in line for Tim Hortons or Starbucks, pay for someone like that and don't let them know who you are. As a connect group, we've got people, groups of people that are are doing life with one another and, and dissecting these conversations. As a connect group, see someone in your community that you can rally behind and start acting and giving service to them. Support their needs. Maybe you've got a workplace that's gone back to the actual job site. Write a letter and drop it off in their cubicle or underneath the door or doormat of a house and don't sign it. Encourage someone. Love on someone. But don't seek the approval and the praise of what's going on and what you're doing. See, acts of secrecy don't have to be extravagant. They don't have to be extravagant. They don't have to be massive. God can use the smallest steps of obedience and the formation habit and the holy habit of secrecy. Because he wants to reflect his glory. When we have that renewing of the mind of saying, I'm going to reflect God's glory in this moment. He sees that. He rewards that. And then we bring the presence of him to people around us. At the beginning of our conversation, I said many of us are living in this bondage of approval addiction. Maybe you did the self-diagnosis of, yep, 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 yep. Maybe I am seeking approval of too much of this world. Many of us are feeling dry, thirsting, and longing for a relationship that would give us the sense of approval of bringing new life. I just want to let you know that no matter where you're at in your faith, maybe you were, you've been a Christian all of your life and you've kind of just been like going through the motions and not really feeling it anymore. Or maybe you're someone new today that's brand new to faith. Someone shared the link with you which is so beautiful that someone shared it with you. Maybe today's the day that you say, you know what, God, you know what, Jesus, you know what, Spirit, come into my life. I'm not seeking the approval of man or woman or this world anymore. I'm seeking approval and praise of you where you see everything that I do. If you need to take this step of obedience today, 
Just whisper these words, God, come into my life. Jesus, give me the relationship that I need. Give me the love that I desire and the approval that I desire that only you can provide. Nothing in this world will ever be able to fill that approval like a relationship with Jesus. Right now we're going to sing a song that is pretty incredible called The King of My Heart. And when I listen to this song and when I hear this song, I pray that many of us would understand that these words are not words to just listen to, but that these words can be an act of obedience of singing the praise and the worship to God, to allow Him to understand that He is our King. Not this world, but He is our King. Listen to the song with the band. These words are incredible. You are good. You are good. You're never going to let me down. I often think, how often does the world or someone or something let us down? But God will never let us down. When He's the King of our heart, we will find this presence and this experience that we long for. And through the acts of and the habits of secrecy, He sees those things and He rewards us and says, You are good, my faithful servant. As we close today, I just want to pray for us. If you feel comfortable, just bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father God, we take these moments on Sundays, but we also want to say, take these moments and make them last every single day where we experience your presence. That we just don't live our faith out on a Sunday morning for an hour but that we would have steps of obedience where we would understand that the habit of secrecy can be a Monday to Saturday thing. It doesn't just have to be a Sunday thing. And I pray, God, that everyone listening to this this morning, everyone singing the words of the last song, would understand that they too can serve, that they too can find approval from you and not of this world, where your approval lasts for eternity, Father. And we say thank you for this. Pray for us as we leave this space right now that we would understand that we get to reflect your son Jesus to the world. May we be the hands and feet of him. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for joining today and God bless.